Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1257, March 1st, 2024. 59 degrees on this day in 1990. We could eclipse that today. And 32 below on this day in a very cold year, which happened to be 1962. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder if I get the time in the town. Hail the flashlight, King. Hail you. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers, Manning Technology Corner. Hi. Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop. John Height in the newsroom. And, of course, the rookie. What's up? Here is your flashlight, King. <laughs> Fireworks Commissioner and the keeper of common sense. Fun Friday. Your mayor. Yep. Joe Sushi. Let's go. Let's do this. I don't have my normal glasses on. I saw, I have a George Carlin-like observation. I saw two health headlines in the news today. Okay. One said, 30 million Americans suffer from rare disease. Ooh. Well, what is- if it's 30 million, how rare can it be? <laughs> okay, very Carlin-esque, yes. All right, and the second one I saw was, <laughs> Obesity has replaced hunger as the world's number one food problem. Yeah. Okay. Obesity has. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold it. We got a dynamic if, shift. If, if obesity is. Wouldn't that suggest that people have been getting fed? Hi, I'm Kenny. <laughs> 30 million people have a rare disease, and obesity trumps hunger. As a big problem. Wasn't that the name of our rapper in Garage Logic? OBCT? Uh, yeah, he did the rap. Have you ever tried a stand up career, Joe? Why me? No. No, I mean, it's good material. Sometimes mean, you have good delivery. You do. You know? Yeah. Did you see, uh, did you see uh, the news story okay. of a woman, I believe in Ireland, who lost her uh, disability case? She was getting paid for being disabled. Uh, with, a, with a back injury, yes. and she was caught winning the local tree throwing competition. Yeah. Whoops! <laughs> yeah. And Jordy notes he lost his disability case when he was caught dwarf tossing. Oh, <laughs> oh, was that that's a an old, bed? old reference. Didn't you guys do that? Was it the wife tossing? What was well, it? No, we, we had, had the wife, wife carrying. Oh, that's what it was. And all I remember is... I can still still hear it. Thud. So the, the woman's head hit the ground. It sounded like oh, a cantaloupe. The, the, the tree-throwing contest, because I saw that story, do you move on? Is there a, a sectional? Well, like there a regional? A regional? Okay. Is there a, yeah, good question. Yeah. Well, Angie is very upset with this. Uh-oh. You mentioned these cardboard boxes. He also uh, said he's known Dan McGrath since. Well, he's known him for a long time. Okay. Uh, very dedicated to what he does. Great guy. Yesterday's show was a bit uh, off-putting, wasn't it? Uh, a bit. Boy, was it ever. Yeah. I wish it was a bit. Not a bit, is it? No, it's not. Uh, he said we mentioned the cardboard crap that Ingy sent you. Uh, well, he said, the best I can recall, those were sent four months ago, and they're called Christmas presents. <laughs> huh. Huh. And he said, I should have mentioned food was involved, and the Uh-oh. rookie and Reavers would have pounced on it. Maybe a little hooch. No, yeah. in my defense, I brought up pretzels. I said, Well, yeah. he has a note here about pretzels. Yeah, okay. He makes Ang- good pretzels. Angie will be preparing an appropriately sized batch. For you, Ken, Rookie Reavers, and Height, 
You need to sign a release prior to consuming them, (laughs) as it is Ingie's concern to not contribute to another heart attack. And then, John, you're supposed to say you didn't have a heart attack, to which Ingie notes that bit never gets old. And it signed off Ingie, James Ingie, licensed to thrill. (laughs) <laughs> oh, title, oh, what huh? a great tagline. Speaking of Kingy, they're still not open. They're none there for me, and I ain't opening them. <laughs> Are they weed pretzels? No, I don't think you can get too high. I ate a whole bag once. Okay. Do you remember the guy that dropped off those white glasses? They were homemade glasses. It was a yeah. wine glass. They had a red tip and a, a blue top. No, I don't either. Brooks on a search. They, they sent four of them, and I'm down to one. So you took broke. all four, I take it. You guys didn't want them. Yeah, I don't recall that. Uh, I, I have to find those. that person because that is my wife's <clears throat> favorite wine glass. Mm-hmm. So here for colored wine glass. Yeah, well, it was just a private, it was just a listener that made them at home. Rook, look Rook up, put the, up the, uh, look a very up the legislator. Message. Yeah, I did. Rook. Yeah. Look up a legislator named Leon Lilly, L-I-L-L-I-E. He's a uh, Minnesota state rep. And uh, I don't know if he's a Republican or a Democrat. Okay, he's in 44B. Where is that area? He's a DFLer. He's a DFLer. Um, well, a good soul named Joe Einberger is doing what a GLer must do. He wrote to his rep, uh complaining about the new state office building. And he notes, Joe, I foolishly wasted my time complaining to my local rep about the proposed palace for the part-time people who will occasionally show up to work there. I received a polite response, to which I responded with more fervor, but still in a polite manner. Nothing has come back since. No addressing of my direct question, just the blanket statement from another stooge. Below is the original response. I'm inside five years of retirement, and we're heading to a different state. I was a fool to stay this long. Having kids ruins everything. I love the show, Joe Einberger. So he uh, stayed for the kids. This uh, district basically runs up 694, north of 94. So the, what would that be, Maplewood, North St. Paul. That's Oakdale. Yeah, and ends at... What's his background? Uh, let me go back here. He is listed... As a political science from Luther College airline employee. Maybe you know this guy. Uh, he does not look familiar. Mm-hmm. Well, in any event, his letter back to his constituent says, Thanks for contacting me. I appreciate hearing from you. This building is a vital public resource, and it's essential. It was originally constructed in the 1930s. And uh, unfortunately, the uh, margin was cut off, but I I remember reading it. And he was very concerned that this opens us up to more public accommodation and uh, allows the people of Minnesota to interact with their elected representatives. Hey, hey, pal, B as in B, S as in S, Leon M. Lilly. Lilly served in the North St. Paul. Excuse no, me, it's just council. a boilerplate response that, that Leon sent back. Just the same old BS. They're going to waste all that money building a a new new office building. When elected, he worked as a baggage handler and ramp agent for Northwest Airlines. Well, good for him. At least he had a job. He did. Yeah, he was in the private sector. Well, we have a new car that is the most stolen car 
in Los Angeles. Wait, his brother, Ted Lilly, a Republican, was a member of the Senate from 2011 to 2012. Not very so long. A little house divided there, though, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the Los Angeles Times, we learn, here's a Chevy Camaro muscle car sitting abandoned at a South L.A. intersection. Then the LAPD gang detail investigators spotted two teenagers running from the scene near Slauson Avenue and Broadway. Didn't Carson always do the Slauson cutoff on his yes. on his tea time movies? Yeah. <laughs> use the Slauson cutoff. We didn't cut off your cut Slauson. Slide <laughs> uh, Broadway, and we're able to stop them. All right. Uh, Camaro theft have risen by more than 1,000% in Los Angeles this year with 90 vehicles stolen since the beginning of the year. Police said the spike comes at a time when there are an increasing number of high-powered vehicles turning up at street takeovers. They have a device. It's a handheld computer that enables the user to create a replacement smart, smart key using a new fob that can unlock Camaros and other vehicles, bypassing the vehicle's existing security system. Once the user punches in the make, model, and year of the vehicle into the computer, it is then able to reprogram the car's ignition system and create a new or universal car key. I swear to God, what did I say the other day, earlier this week, about the high-end Jaguars and Land Rovers that were being stolen in Waukesha, Wisconsin, yeah. by a Chicago gang, and they stole them by grabbing the key fobs and then reacting to whichever car the key fob announced. And I said, the city council here would sue the manufacturers yep. for making key fobs yep. that identified the car. That's what they're doing here. LAPD investigators believe a 16-year-old suspect used the device to create cloned ignition keys to, sick, uh, to steal muscle cars. This young person was stealing Camaros and taking them to street takeovers and then selling them for two to three grand wow. on social media. <laughs> Newton Division Captain Keith Green said, a 16-year-old was capable of stealing high-end cars. LAPD's Newton Division, which covers the northernmost section of South L.A., saw the number of Camaro thefts jump from 2 to 10 in the first two months of the year, while citywide, while citywide they jumped from 7 to 90. And now, uh, Green said, the investigators may have the answer to why the thefts are soaring. The technology to clone key fobs is commercially available, and with a little bit of tech wizardry, even a high school kid can become a skilled thief of technology-dependent cars. Investigators say that thieves can generate replacement keys in less than three minutes with the right program and hardware. Woo. Vehicles used in street racing and burnouts, the practice of keeping a car stationary while the wheels are spinning, suffer so much wear and tear that participants often prefer to use stolen vehicles when they have these street well, that's, gatherings. That's pretty smart. You get credit. That's why thieves target prized muscle cars. The LAPD did not indicate the exact method the teenager might have used in South L.A., but in several cases documented by other jurisdictions, people used a similar device to connect with the vehicle. 
Green said it's too early to say exactly how many thefts are tied to the youth who was turned over to his parents. Whoopsie mistake. Uh, the detectives will refer to the refer the case to the district's attorney office, which will decide whether to pursue charges. They probably won't. Of course not. The best way to stop thieves is to employ extra security measures such as fuel cutoffs, steering wheel locks, and keeping the vehicle secure. Also, detectives advise drivers never to keep key fobs inside a vehicle. Security cases are available on the market that may be utilized to prevent key fob signals from being transmitted. Yeah, it's called a, a pouch, a something pouch. I have one. Uh, Scott from Inver Grove sent me one. Hmm. Uh, a something pouch. Something pouch. It, it, you can't, it, it's like Superman in x-rays. You can't penetrate it. Okay. Hmm. I have a snack pouch in my shirt. Right. <laughs> uh Improvised strategies such as wrapping fobs in aluminum foil or placing fobs inside tin cans proved effective. I gather this means that the car's parked in front of your house. But what, the bad guy could creep up your front lawn and and get the signal from the fob which you've taken in the house? I guess. And what they're saying is to prevent that, keep the fob in a pouch or wrap it in aluminum foil. Okay. Nationwide, American muscle cars have become the target of large theft rings. In 2022, dealers in Michigan reported a series of thefts that investigators later tied to key fob cloning. Okay, Minneapolis City Council, you got your next lawsuit. The device that allows you to make a A new Mayday pouch. Faraday. Faraday Faraday pouch. Faraday. Funny word. Yes, Kenny? Why is that available? The Faraday pouch? No, the device that allows you to make a new key and start over with the car's ignition in the example they gave at the onset of the article. Why is that commercially available to civilians? How how come that isn't very hard to get? Either that or someone stumbled upon the idea that whatever this device is, can also be used to. In other words, I don't know what the device is. Maybe the device is used to program your television or something, but some sharp tech kid said, you know what, I can I can clone a key fob with this thing. Mm. That would be my guess. Well, you read it. The device is essentially a handheld computer that enables the user to create a replacement key using a new, so they're getting new blank key fobs, evidently. So those items, you have to not make those items available to civilians. I agree. They they are readily available. RFID copiers are easy to buy online and affordable, Hmm. ranging from $10 to $20. What the hell? Then it explains how to use it. It's a miracle anyone has a car. Yeah. It'll get to the point where the the tech will be, you know, a 16-year-old kid can walk down the street, pick the car he wants and go boom, 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 and get in it and drive away. Mm-hmm. $30 steering wheel lock will well, stop all of it. Would it be safe to assume we're there now? Well, we are with Kias and Hyundais. Until hey. <laughs> we get that lawsuit settled. But who in the hell wants a Kia or a Hyundai? Give me the give me the Camaro. Even though I've driven the new generation, I don't like it. Well, what if you're trying to run a couple of cases of Coors east of Texas? You need a Camaro. Oh, you need a Firebird. Firebird. Damn it, Firebird. 
Damn. <laughs> That's the same damn thing. He's the same car. down, rolling yeah. up and trucking. Yeah. I've gotten so many. I, I love doing this. Uh, the, the GLers are, are uh, wonderful emailers, and I've just gotten some great stuff. Here's uh, Joe. My name is, well, he doesn't want his name used. Whoa. I'm active duty in Air National Guard, and I just wanted to point out something to GLers defending either candidate. Every year I have a I have to complete a couple of different training blocks concerning the handling of sensitive information, both paper and digital. Bottom line, if I had done what either of the last two presidents have done, I'd be in jail. And just because one side did it doesn't make it right for us to do it. GLers don't break laws. I know you have mentioned nobody to vote for. Write yourself in at the very least. It's our civic duty to vote. Uh, something about a cut line in the printer not working. Pushing back from Knoxville. <laughs> Yo-yo. Okay. After yesterday. I know. Yep. Is it my civic <laughs> duty to vote? <laughs> yep. But, but how can you not, because I re-listened to, to the show twice, how can you not just be despondent? I mean, how... What? I know, John, you're going to save all it's been like this. I'm not gonna, I know. I'm not Did you guys read any of that? those Soros links I sent to you? I think I only sent it to Joe and John. John uh, uh, Ken, uh, I got it there on the third attempt. Uh, Ken, you're, you're a bit behind the curve on Soros. He's been brought up on the show many times. He's not to be trusted. We've always wondered about him. I've always wondered Jesus what's Christ. in it for him. Oh. To, uh, to bring about anarchy. He's too old to enjoy another financial takeover. I don't get it. Can we uh, Can we do one thing? Can we start by maybe doing the show where the microphone's not at your elbow? Yeah. Does, <laughs> your, does your elbow have something to say? That way the... Uh, the so are, are, you, are you under the impression that yesterday was the first time I've yeah, ever heard I mean, of I, George I, yes, Soros? Yes, I was under that impression. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just, all right. And I'm sure, okay. I'm sure it wasn't the first I will, time. I will cease and desist uh, contributing interesting articles to you, assuming that you know absolutely everything <laughs> there is to know about everything. everything. Do you wow. have anything uh, you'd like to share on the Roman Empire? <laughs> you like gladiator movies, uh, GLers in the know. I just want you to know. You know what? Let me ask Matthew first because he wasn't there. Matt, maybe go, Matthew will go. get it. Now, Matt, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Uh, occasionally during breakfast. Okay, that was that was better <laughs> than the other three answers I got. What were, what were they? During breakfast. I wish I knew what he was up to. With the Roman Empire thing, I don't. It get just it. shows you that you don't have any idea about what's going on out in the real world. They had aqueducts and stuff like that. I know all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they had Colise. They had a Colosseum. John, um, help me out here. Go to the Google. The Google, yes, sir. Start typing in. How often do you? And then watch it complete the sentence, and then. Read to us oh, what wow. the explanation is. That's the second one on there. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? What the hell's going Wait, on here? Based upon algorithms, what John's first subject was, how often do you think about <laughs> Trump? No, you know what it is? No. Did it come up guitars for you, John? It didn't. It's how often do you water poinsettias? I oh. have no idea why oh, that would Oh, ahoy, Poloi. 
I have no idea. Now this is a trend that, on this Kenny or it was a trend that was started late last fall <laughs> where gals were supposed to go to their oh, mates, I their see. husbands, boyfriends, whatever and get them to answer this and it was really funny and it's been going around and around and around on the internet and it just proves that you chuckleheads just have no idea what's going on can i tell you something yeah i don't think Go it's ahead. funny well that that says a lot about you actually i have That's, your answer too by the way i have a, i have an email from loyal listener <laughs> and garage logic town council member thomas ray camp you're looking for the Faraday pouch. I said that. You said that. Yeah. Thank you. You must have been yeah. tweeting. Tom, how dumb are you? Joe already knows that. How dare you bring something up like that that I he knew already that knows? Where worked. the hell have you been, Tom? You're wow. so dumb, Tom. Oh, God help me. Would you like to take a How are you doing, out? Joe? I'm not. Hi, Joe. How do you like my beard today? I think it's dreadful. <laughs> Just one of the ugliest beards. It's got fish stick crumbs in it and everything else. They sweep off a factory floor is stuck in there. Greasy salmon. Bits of napkin are stuck in there. Some dead bugs. There's a fish hook off the side. Fish hook. All right, take a break. Okay. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Tapping your feet. Who's this? GB, bro. Hey. I see you tapping your feet. On the dirty this counts carpet. In your time. Yeah, it does. Do you have dirty carpet? No. Uh, no, you, you use the shampoo. Carpet. Yeah. What kind of shampoo do you use? <laughs> Zero Res probably would tell you what kind of shampoo they use. Uh, but you know what? They do a fantastic job of cleaning your carpet professionally. Don't go rent a machine and do it yourself. Do what I do. You call Zero Res. It's time for spring cleaning. Yes, it's you can smell it in the air. Focus on uh, air ducts. Yep, your carpet. Whole house cleaning. You're going to save big in March when you beat the spring cleaning rush with these limited offers from our cleaning heroes at Zero Res. Uh, I'm kind of tired of winter, but you know you can't open the windows yet. You got to get that clean, clean carpet, and they'll clean your air ducts as well. I want you to check out the 17,000 raving customer reviews online, 4.9 Google rating, and see what all the hype is about. Call Zero Res right now, 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z, or go online to ZeroResMinnesota.com. Tell them you want the rookie special. This month, three rooms Zero Resified from Minnesota's number one carpet cleaner, starting at just $129, and take $75 off your air duct cleaning and 20% off of all upholstery. It's right there for you. 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z or online at ZeroResMinnesota.com and tell them you want the Rook special. Here is your latest Ilhan Omar report on Garage Logic. Ilhan Omar, who is constantly demonstrating her concern for the 5th District of Minneapolis, joined Pramila Jayapal, another Democrat. She's from the state of Washington. And they went last week on a secret trip to Cuba. Oh, sure. Jaya Paul is the chairwoman of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. And Omar is the deputy chairwoman. Got it. They led a, de a delegation of a dozen people to Cuba. This is according to the Miami Herald. A staffer from Representative Barbara Lee's office. She's a D, meaning Democrat. Mm-hmm. 
was among those on the trip, which notes that the travel was not disclosed by the lawmakers beforehand or reported on in Cuba's, Cuban state media. Representatives Jayapal and Omar traveled to Cuba last week where they met with people from across Cuban civil society and government officials to discuss human rights because that's where I'd go to discuss human rights. I would go to Cuba because they've got they're really good at it. (laughs) Their record is amazing. Uh, And government officials... To discuss human rights in the U.S.-Cuba bilateral relationship, a spokesperson for the Progressive Caucus told the Miami Herald. The trip took place uh, during a week when the House was in recess, and the trip also overlapped with a visit to Havana by Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. Oh, now we're getting to the bottom of it. Who All traveled right. to the island as part of a Latin American tour that included stops in Venezuela and Brazil. Cuba, of course, has been under U.S. embargo for more than 60 years. Jayapal and Omar are critics of the embargo. They have backed bills seeking to normalize U.S. relations with Havana. The pair were also among 40 House Democrats who voted against a resolution in support of peaceful demonstrations against the island's communist government. They Wait a minute. 40 House Democrats voted against supporting peaceful demonstrations against communism. Well, who voted against a resolution supporting protesters who were demonstrating against... Wow. Uh, several Republican lawmakers were not pleased when they learned of this trip. I wonder if it's a trip I can only imagine that it is. Did, did we pay for it? It would seem that we would have. You'd think, yeah, official business. Oh. <laughs> Mike Waltz from Florida calls it the Hamas caucus, and they made a pilgrimage to Cuba. Hamas caucus. <laughs> All members of the media should refer to the Progressive Caucus by their more accurate name, the Congressional Communist Sympathizing Caucus. (laughs) Representative Nicole Maliotakis, Republican for New York, wrote, It is outrageous that members of Congress would visit a country that jails, abuses, and murders their citizens and supports Iran, Russia, and Communist China against our interests. But but they went there to discuss human rights. (laughs) Perhaps their time would be better spent listening to the Cubans crossing our southern border. Yeah, the guys that turn a 1952 Chevy pickup truck into a boat. Right. Perhaps their time would be better spent listening to the Cubans crossing our southern border and risking their lives on makeshift rafts to find out why they're fleeing communism. Representative Carlos Jimenez, a Republican from Florida, a Cuban exile, suggested that the trip was aimed at appeasing the communist regime. The murderous dictatorship in Cuba must be defeated, not appeased, Jimenez said. Senator Marco Rubio, Republican from Florida, the son of Cuban immigrants, slammed the trip. Pro-Hamas members of Marxist congressional squad just returned from a secret visit with anti-American dictatorship in Cuba, he said. Last month, Jayapal called on the Biden administration to remove Cuba's designation as a state sponsor of terrorism. Why? They are. Right. 
Being on this list has made it nearly impossible for Cuba to do international business, driving an economic downturn that has led residents to flee the country. It's time to re-engage with Cuba. Well, there's there, the Minneapolis, uh, all you proud people who voted for Omar because she is so intent on doing the work of the 5th Congressional District. She just did take a little time out there to run down to Cuba for a human <laughs> rights mission. Yeah, nice. Because that's where I'd go. I'd either go there or maybe to Iran. <laughs> that's where I'd well, go to discuss South Korea, Korea Don't forget. South, she no, had to, I'd go to North Korea. North, North Korea, Korea, sorry. Yeah. North Korea, yeah. She had to meet with her Russian handler, too. That's right. Joe... She's doing the work of the people. She's right out of central casting, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Uh, boys, we have received quite a bit of pushback on an attitude we expressed the other day, and I think I'm siding with the GLers, and we need a correction. We were talking about the Vietnam vet who was uh, beaten up in January on Harriet Island. Yep. And he died last Friday. And he uh, he apparently angered some feral youth by attempting to take a picture of one of them who was taking a leak. Uh, if he had it to do over again, I would hope that he would not take that picture. And we said, we said, you know, what you got to do in that case is look the other way. And yeah. uh, many emailers said, no, uh, that's the reason we're, we have what we have. We can't look away. We have to... Stand up. Dan wrote, uh, Hail the Flashlight Kid. Hail you. you. On the podcast, you related the story of the 76-year-old vet who was beaten to death by feral youth. The conversation ended with a refrain that I hear more frequently on your show and from others. Nowadays, just keep your head down and your mouth shut. Another favorite of you and the boys, along with many of the people I talk to, is how do we get where we are? The answer is to how we got where we are today is simple. Look in the mirror. Your citizens and listeners to Garage Logic are in the same club, belly aching about the same stuff, getting upset, talking about how we are poorly led, and on and on, expecting someone else to change things back to the way they used to be. Things to remember. Rule number one, if you aren't willing to do something about it, don't expect anything to change. Rule number two, you can't live in the past while the future passes you by. Rule number three, it's not me who. I was taught this by my son who retired after 31 active duty and six deployments, and his son, who will soon be a police officer, when I asked why. It's not me who. Oh, I'm sorry, if not me who. In public, I continually try to keep myself calm because I have two different hats I wear. Defending the blue line or a red mega hat. I inform people in the public domain when they act stupidly. I don't keep my head down or my mouth shut because if you really think about it, if I did those things, I would be a walking billboard for the definition of insanity. My drill sergeant keeps reminding me how I will get shot someday. I think he means his wife. wife yeah. Conservatives have gotten soft. They expect the future they want but aren't willing to stand up and be accountable for fighting for it. Martin Niemöller. Well, hard to argue with him. But now you have to weigh in a really a, a, a significant number of variables uh, before you would take action. Where's he from? Does he mention? It doesn't is, say. Is he from the metro? 
doesn't say. <clears throat> but a 76-year-old Vietnam vet, I remember reading, it was after he put his walker in his car mm-hmm. that he saw the feral youth. Okay, mm-hmm. what can we expect of a 76-year-old who might have difficulty walking? What was he supposed to do? Actually, he did do something. Right. He, he took the picture and maybe intended to act on it, give it to the right authorities, although the poor guy had to realize nothing would have been done with it, mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. But what, what was he, should he be expected to fight back? My answer would be no. But his drill sergeant is correct. His wife. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't want to push, make a big deal about this. This is just a gentle pushback. Doing that could result in your death. I, I, you know, are you willing to risk your own death? You know, sometimes even a sideways glance at a bad guy will result in a good sound beating. Hell, they beat up innocent women when they're carjacking them. You know, we've we got to, to understand our perspective. Yeah, but it's a... It's, it's, I don't disagree, Joe. It's, but, a, it's yeah. a weak perspective. I happen to share it, but it's weak. What are we supposed it, to do? It is. It is, but... You know, if you're ready to take a beating, I guess, or possible death. When CP got carjacked, she wasn't thinking clearly, and she began pounding on the guy. Mm. That's and he, just and he left. That's instincts. I, I you know, uh, She's sometimes lucky you just she didn't can't get be, shot. Yeah, yeah, but you can't. It probably wasn't a decision that she thought about. No, she wasn't just, thinking clearly. She was right, fight or she flight. Just, you know, and I've told a million people uh, with traffic, don't swerve when you see deer. And what do I do when I'm doing 80 down the freeway and one jumps in front of me? You swerve. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, it's... Well, Sc- don't do it. Scott from Inver right. Grove. Scott, right, Matt. Scott from Inver Grove, never, af- uh, never afraid. Now he's pushing back. He also notes that we can't act this way. Uh, had I been in that lot, I would have come to the assistance in a blink. Yep, I would have been risking my personal safety by sticking my nose where many say it didn't belong, but I may have saved the... Oh, I see what he's saying. Uh, he would have jumped in to save the elderly man. Yes, I, that that. but that's different yeah, than that's, the elderly yeah. man taking yeah. on three youth. Yeah. Now, if Scott's down there parked and he sees this old-timer take a picture of these three feral youth, and now the three feral youth are walking over to the old man, Scott is saying he's going to go to the he's going to go stand side by side with the man. That's that's probably what we have to do at the risk of being shot. Right? Yeah. 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 You can't yeah. get in your car and drive away, leaving the old man to fend for himself. With three feral youth bearing down on him. I don't know. Maybe you run into him with your car or something. You guys remember a few years ago, Reavers did the right thing, and we kind of chastised him for it. It was uh, when you were on the train, and there were some bad guys eyeballing, I don't know, an old-timer. And you just kind of stepped in and said, no, not today, boys. I didn't chastise you for that. No, probably, it wasn't. I probably did, but it was more of was that the right decision? Yes. Yeah, and I agree. But I also said I would have had that was one dif- victory they didn't have. But, but it was yeah. I would have had one different reaction had I not been alone, which I was in this particular. But case. see, there again, you're young, you're strong, uh, you're fairly big. 
you know, you can get away with some things that, that I can't get away well, with. But I'm also, as Kenny mentioned, I, I won't be a target for these thugs. No. They're targeting not. the vulnerable. They're targeting women. They're, you know. Right. Should we be walking around with handheld uh, tear gas dispensers? I would when I got on the train. You don't I'm ride always the afraid, train. I'm af- always afraid I'll, I have, I'm holding it backwards. And then I'd shoot spray myself yourself, in the eye right. with the, the bear spray. Right. Because I always check it in my hand. I don't know. That doesn't look right. Is this done? Is this done? <laughs> and then I'm afraid to pull the trigger because what if it's backwards? Well, that's... I don't ride the train, but if I did, but if I know, did I'd have bear spray. That's the risk that nobody ever talks about when you use that stuff. There's going to be some splashback. You know, it's going to bounce off them and right back into your face. You're going to have to be ready to deal with that. I know, I know. I should bring a. Uh, you should always bring with you on the train a tear gas dispenser and a carton of milk. <laughs> That's right for yourself, right? Because right. aren't you supposed to dump milk in your eyes? If you Wouldn't it be to... fun to have a samurai sword yeah, and just so... kind of be in the ready position at <laughs> yeah, all times? Yeah, like eight feet long. Yeah, I'm going to take off a head here. Yeah. So I know John will have this in the news, but do you know what the most interesting video that I saw from the homeless encampment fire? The guy that had the deal set up, and he had nine cartons of milk set up right there on the edge. I didn't see that. So, Ooh. wait a minute. Hold up here. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was for. You got the milk right there at the front door. Well, not the front door, but the where you walk into your tent. That that can't be fresh. Oh. That's, yeah. that's, that's got to be a little raw. <laughs> how is the springing up of these camps going to be stopped? They're everywhere. What did I just... Unfortunately, one of the problems is I saw, too, the news story of the fire that destroyed the latest camp. Yep. And the young woman who, li- who whose house abutted oh, the camp, she, were you? <laughs> she wasn't complaining. Were you talking with the roommate? Boy, did she go off last night. She did a good solid 10 minutes the lady on the neighbors. Have, she was she was kind. She was sweet. Good-looking young woman. Yeah. And and she wasn't yeah. angry. Her, her damn siding melted but from the fire. Here's my, go ahead, Ken. Here's my black helicopter theory. They're not taking care of the homeless problem because they don't want to. I think they're not taking care of it because they don't know how to and are afraid of being rough. They're afraid of being strict. Hmm. You just don't allow this to happen. The amount of money that the government, the city of Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, spends on nonsense we don't need could all be thrown at the homeless problem and it would be taken care of. You mean a $730 million office building? I say the homeless should live in that building. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yes. You're not going to disturb anybody. These stiffs hardly ever show up for work anyway. Right. <laughs> Let's take a time out and return with our newsman. You're a jackass, even though I love you to death. Can anyway. we have a, can we have well, a bump? Chris, Chris, Chris is, a, is our break? Yeah. It's the end yeah. of the world as we know it, and he feels oh, fine. Joe Souchere. No break. Here's Kenny Olsen. Do they have hand sanitizer in the Roman Empire? 
Yeah. <laughs> I have a million dollar idea. The list listen of to their this. Demands. Listen to this. Never mind that. Listen to this. I've got a million dollar idea. I'm giving it away for free. A sea foam dash warning light. These stupid codes that the new cars give us. Add, uh, you're running low on fuel, your door's ajar, your tire's three pounds low. Oh, how about the windshield washer one that will not go away? Why not have something helpful like add some seafoam, a little dash light there? That's you're, pretty good you're, idea to tell Yeah, you the your truth. injectors are getting crusty. Throw in some seafoam. It'd save a lot of people, a lot of time, and a lot of money. Just because that mechanic knows how to clean and rebuild your injectors doesn't mean he or she wants to. Good mechanics will actually tell you to run some seafoam through it before they have to tear it down. Seafoam motor treatment is the miracle elixir for our cylinders. And thankfully, you can find this stuff everywhere all around the globe. Look for it in the automotive chemical aisle near you. A wonderful product in a world of bad gas. Seafoam. Um, I have a question because the cylinder index precedes my time in garage logic so i don't know how old it goes or how long it goes back long time we could uh, also have a a different one who has the most dashboard notification lights going on yeah like rook you'd have about what mine looks like a fourth of july and a christmas tree all wrapped into one you know rook i noticed that you have quite an array there of poor food choices uh, including a fun size snickers bar can I ask you something? Why why would that be called fun size? Wouldn't a big one be fun size? Well, that's just a little <laughs> one. A big one would be more fun. Well, yeah, that's, that's what she's... Uh, that's what we called small-chested gals in uh, high school. Fun size? Uh, fun, fun size. size. No, I'm talking about the candy bar. Jeez. My mind's not I in the gutter. I went to the credit union, and I uh, raided their candy thing. I got four things of fun size M&Ms and a Snicker bar. Here's John Height. <laughs> Two cans Thank of Coke you, and a Snicker bar. <laughs> And some tips. <laughs> some tips. <laughs> this uh, this news is not going to be good. It's not going to be good Marks. for anybody. Let's go. Tanya Brought to, brought to you by North American Banking Company. A noontime blaze, as uh, Joe, or Chris talked about earlier, somebody, Joe and Chris, a noontime blaze tore through a homeless encampment along East 28th Street in South Minneapolis yesterday. Firefighters called to the encampment at around 12.07. Chief Brian Tyner said uh, when they arrived there, the encampment was fully in flames. He said it took fire crews under uh, to get the fire under control about a half an hour. Authorities say two people were treated at the scene, one for minor burns to the hands, another for smoke. Smoke inhalation. Just hours after the fire, a new encampment popped up just blocks away along oh. 14th Avenue South near East 29th Street. After the fire, Mayor Fry was asked about solutions for the cycle of encampments being cleared, only to appear elsewhere. He replied, we should be providing a continuum of care where we get people into shelter. We've drastically expanded our shelter system in Minneapolis and Hennepin County. We should be getting people into long-term and affordable housing, and we need to be looking at root causes. He, he, in other words, John, uh, he didn't say anything. Correct. Yes. Nothing. He, he could say that in a year. For he, he could say it five years ago. He could say exactly. it today. He could say it five years ago. And it was now, a yeah. mostly peaceful Homeless encampment yeah. fire, I believe. Yeah, aren't we working on a brand new surplus? Don't we have a budget surplus already? Yeah, three point seven yeah. bill. Yeah. yeah. How do you pronounce it? Is it Camp Nano Kasi? Is, is that how we pronounce no. it? Well, Camp Nano Nano. Got it. 
Well, they have an official Twitter account, uh, gentlemen, and I don't know if you know this, but after the fire yesterday, they had put out the following, camp was destroyed today, support is needed for our transition. And they put out a list of things that they would like to have donated, including tents, firewood, tents, blankets, firewood. water, cigarettes, yep. buddy heaters, firewood, and financial donations. Yeah. I thought you were oh. kidding. With did you no, see the, no, I was not. Did you see the Alpha News piece? Um, a couple of gay guys that live on uh, right off Lake Street, the east end of Lake Street, how they're... All the work that they've done to their home these past years is all for naught now because the real estate values have dropped so much and they constantly have junkies passed out on their front porch. Yep. That's at the east end of Lake Street? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's no homeless encampment near the east end of Lake no, Street. No, it's just derelicts. Yeah. Huh. Drive-by shooting left one man dead inside a vehicle late Thursday night in North Minneapolis where bystanders ran outside to try and revive the victim before paramedics got there. Fourth Precinct officers responded to the 3900 block of Sheridan Avenue North, about one block north of Dowling. That was about 4.30 in the afternoon. They found the young man lying on the ground, critically injured from multiple gunshot wounds. He died at the scene. Nearby residents told the Star Tribune they heard a flurry of shots, a pause, and then more gunfire before an SUV sped south down the block. When the bullets rang out, a young woman in a house across the street yelled, get down to her spouse, and jumped to the floor. Moments later, they rushed outside to find a black Nissan Altima riddled with bullet holes. The driver slumped inside, a gun with an extended magazine in his lap. Smoke was still billowing out the window. The woman said, by the time I got to the car, the person was already doing a death rattle. With the help of a neighbor, they pulled the victim onto the ground, began doing CPR. The woman was a former certified nursing assistant. The man had been struck numerous times, was no longer conscious. The couple rendered aid until first responders took over. Bullet casings littered the street, so many that, according to a witness, it was like stepping on a spilled bag of popcorn. A cluster of at least a dozen bullet holes was visible in the driver's side window and the door panel, as forensic investigators cataloged evidence in the shooting. They can't drive and they can't shoot. You don't need to throw 100 rounds out there. No, and you got to hold the gun horizontally. Yeah, sideways, yeah. 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 The uh, remember uh, we talked the other day about the stuff that the state fair was selling. Yes, uh, right. The, the the auction is now over. Yes, uh, the box of bison bones. I did not for, know there was a box of bison yeah, bones. Yeah, sold for two hundred thirty-five bucks. That's a not rick, much. A rickshaw. What what would they have used a rickshaw for? To give uh, rides. We had I, probably I a ride situation. Uh, Royce and I got into a rickshaw once. I remember that was yeah. downtown, wasn't that it? Was downtown. Oh, no, twins game yeah. didn't get very far. That dude was <laughs> working overtime. It was like the guy ran a marathon. Hey, buddy, go up the hill. Yeah, <laughs> take that hill. <laughs> the rickshaw got four hundred eighty-five dollars. There were four hundred listings total. Let's go to the big ones, okay? Uh, the biggest uh, things: a metal Jefferson Highway sign went uh, for twenty-six. I like that. Yeah, kind of cool. $2,600. A carousel display in a wooden box, which looked just like a carousel display. $2,600. The kitty car, that was the coolest thing I thought in the original story. Was Was it functioning? No, it did not run. It was part of a ride? Yeah. Okay. Yes. $2,550. And uh, stock car racing photos were apparently very popular. A set of two framed photos, $1,625. And five stock car racing photos in a frame, $1,600. I have two questions. 
Yeah. What? Uh, why did they do this? It, it wasn't worth their time. They didn't raise that much money. And secondly, uh, did they give the money to charity, or did these uh, people who get a check in the mail every month <laughs> from the fair? Do they this just added money for them? <clears throat> that why I did they do know. this? It was pointless. I, I was a very cynical question. It didn't raise any money. <clears throat> well, not to people in your uh, ilk. Didn't your raise realm. any money, Kenny. <laughs> your realm. Well, fifty-two. Um, we got ten grand just on the 10 top grand, ten grand. The BFD. Well, that's, well, that's, that's the top ten pretty, items out of four hundred. Pretty big to me. Items. Ten grand would make it. Uh, yeah. I could, um, you want to throw us ten grand? We'll be happy. To John, take was it. there any mention of Dorothy Mercer's snow twister, uh, a race sled that she no. turned uh, laps and anger on? on no, so it must have been under a thousand. Who was the I girl that wing walked? Rook Kitty, Kitty Wampus. No, oh, this Kitty. is your this is your expertise. <laughs> this rookie. is Everhart. This is Glenn Everhart. Yeah, uh, if they had a piece of wing from Kitty's plane, I would have been interested. Something like that. <laughs> what was the place you didn't like going up to? You don't like doing rural uh, s um, Heritage Square. This snow twister. I, I, I love Heritage Square. No, you hated it. Um, it was a Mercury <laughs> snow twister Kitty that they Middleton. had up there. Kitty Middleton. I, believe, I knew you'd get it. I think it was Dorothy Mercer's, and I don't know. I want to know what happened to it. Where'd it go? I don't know. I, I guess I wouldn't have gone up there. I thought I would, but you were maybe up there I could have told me. you about it, but I guess I don't go up there. You were up there with me that day, and I was freaking out at the blacksmith display, and that's yeah. when you uttered, eh, I don't do this rural ass, and you stumbled out of there. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I'm so old, I remember when that was teen land. Teenland. Yeah, when there would wow. and you'd get the Hey get, uh, Gary, you want to come yeah. on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Steve is up there. <laughs> no, 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 the, no. The, the blindfold no. is part of the package. Just put the blindfold no, on. No, that great oh. band's playing up there. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, smell that, this rag, right. you know. Does it smell like chloroform? Oh my god. Come on behind the curtains, kids. Oh. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, the jailers uh, will remember the bands that played there, and it was very fun, and it was all innocent. Oh, and nothing like these idiots are bringing up. Holy crap, that's funny. The, uh, the bands have been named for the Taste of Minnesota. It's happening July 6th and 7th this year in downtown Minneapolis. I saw one of them named, John, and I want to see if you can guess which group I really would like to see. You read the names, and then tell me which one of those okay. groups I'd like to see. Okay. Headliners on the 6th are, uh, at 4.45, The Wallflowers, at 6.30, yeah. Martina McBride. Earlier that day, uh, Kids Acts Cuckoo, also Bella Diva, DJ Sophia Harris, and another act that will be announced. On Sunday, headliners, Morris Day in the Time at 5 o'clock, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis at 6.30. Earlier in the day, The Sounds of Blackness and the Johnny Holm Band will perform. I'd say uh, The Wallflowers. You want to see The Wallflowers? Yeah. Nope. Oh, nope. sounds of black. Was, what nope. The time? Morris Day. Hmm. Oh, Morris Day. Wait, yeah, you said the headliners playing first? The but, two headliners. Morris Day, and they, each day they said there's two headliners. The five but o'clock. Joe, and I want to see Morris do that dance where he puts a hand in his suit. You yeah. only want to see one song, and then you'll be fine. Right. Just let me yeah. out of there. Can the you play yo, it first? Yo. Can you do it first? Hey, yeah. I got to get home. Uh, I think I'm I also... saw the Wallflowers at Fine Line, guys. I'm pretty sure I saw uh, Jacob and the Wallflowers at the Fine Line. What year, Kenny? Oh, early 90s. Sure, okay. sure. It'd be great. When they had the hits. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I'm curious about, uh, because growing up, obviously, it was very big. He used to come to North Dakota all the time. Johnny Holm. How old is Johnny? He's got to be oh, 80, yeah. doesn't he? You yeah. mean Garage Logic listener, Johnny Holm. Yeah. Well, he's got to be nothing against him. I always loved his bands. He had a great guitar player, a guy named Billy Shear. Well, I know. A, a he's, blind fellow. He's probably 70, because his Billy daughter is Shear. my age. Billy Yes. Yeah, go ahead, Joel. from, the, from the, uh, the Sergeant Beatles. Pepper's Lonely Hell yeah. Charts Club. Yep. Yes. Hearts Club Band. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Holy balls. Well, it's the end of the show, folks. We're sorry. Oh, no, explain. <laughs> Mitch McConnell there. Explain what you're talking about. Isn't there a what? line in the, the uh, one song? One and only Billy Shears. One and only Billy Shear. Oh, it's Shield, isn't Peppers. it? It's Shield. It's Billy Shear, isn't it? Shear, Shear yeah. One and only yeah. Billy Shear. And I did not know. Uh, see, I'd seen Johnny Hall many times when I was a youngster. He used to come through Bismarck. Like I said, he had a great guitar player. was blind. Really good. And I got to know Billy because Billy used to do music for a show that I produced on KS95. And I said, you're the guy that played with Johnny Holm. Were, were the people who came am. through Bismarck, were they were they lost? What, why would they be there? There are a lot of good bands at oh. the Civic Center, Joe. Right. Would that but, Civic but, Center hold? Uh, I think at the time it was about 10,000. Oh, that's pretty big. Yeah, I mean, I used to get decent acts. You know what? Uh, you bring up a good point, Joe, and I don't mean this as a rip, John. Were they on their way to somewhere else, either in Montana or going east to Fargo, or was this a final destination? Were they going out to Bismarck and then turning around and going back to I Minneapolis? I can see where Bismarck would have been part of a tour. From there, you might have gone to Winnipeg, for example. Yeah. yeah. Well, they are out to, down to uh, Billings, maybe? I yeah, don't know. yeah. In the 70s, uh, I saw ZZ Top there right around Trace Hombres, a little after Trace Hombres. Uh, Styx was there a lot. Uh, the Guess Who was there, but that's obvious. They always played up here in this area. Uh, all the Southern bands came through, the Outlaws, uh, Charlie Daniels Band, all those bands. Those were all bus uh, rides, too. Did Charlie do that, leave this long-haired country boy alone? He sure did. Oh, he also he also talked a uh, guy. A guy got up in the rafters, the catwalks. Yeah. And the guy was apparently just, you know, flying right. by. And uh, Charlie talked Charlie him down. Charlie talked him down? Yeah. So was, was were you able to cool. meet Charlie then after he talked you down? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you hear? Here's John. Oh. Yeah, John, John's thinking that I mean, let's see. Is there any more news? Yes, let's go back to national and international news now, shall we? Sure. I have to be very careful how I word this story because Chris already swore it. Uh, uh, let's see. The head of a Gaza City hospital that treated some of those wounded said in the bloodshed surrounding an aid convoy that some had been hit by gunfire. At least 112 Palestinians killed, more than 750 others injured yesterday, according to health officials. Witnesses say nearby Israeli troops opened fire as huge crowds raced to pull the goods off an aid convoy. Israel said many of the dead were trampled in the stampede. However, the doctor said it looked like over 100 of them were killed by gunfire. Dr. Mohammed Salah is the acting director of Al-Auda Hospital. The U.N. and other aid groups have been pleading for safe corridors for aid convoys, he said, and saying it's become nearly impossible to deliver supplies in most of Gaza because of the difficulty of coordinating with the Israeli military, ongoing hostilities, and the breakdown of public order, including crowds of people who overwhelm aid convoys before they can get set up. World leaders today intensified demands on Israel to get more aid into Gaza and provide more answers about the deaths of those Palestinians. Okay, here's the question. Let's say yeah. you have a ceasefire. Uh -huh. Then what? 
That's the question. Well, then the Hastings City Council will be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It worked. Yeah. City councils all over the country. Really. Then what? So the, the goal is to get all Palestinians out of Gaza? Is that what it is? I don't know what the goal is, but if you have a ceasefire, I want to know what the goal is. The uh, yeah. Star Tribune, if they if they had any gall and if they had any pride. They don't. Which they don't. And clearly they, they hate. Some of them do. Some of the people. Well, here is their headline from 17 hours ago. Israeli troops fire on crowds seeking food, killing more than 100 Palestinians, witnesses that say. That is not necessarily what happened. That's... Not what happened, yeah. no. But, you know, far well, be it from no, the Star I, Tribune. Nobody John, really knows yet, Chris, what happened. Right, but the way that their their misleading headline is obviously slanted in a certain way because but they're Chris, trying to get a reaction. The problem is in 2024, it's either one side or the other. You True. can't yeah. just yeah. get the, the yeah. news as the news without... Yeah, um, what, what does yeah. the story say? I'm curious, does it say... What I read, like witnesses say, et cetera. It does cite some of that, but but again, what you're going to get is in the the Twin Cities is you're going to get a certain reaction from a certain base. Oh, sure, certainly, know, because we've got. Yep, I agree. But what you also get from the IDF was that many people were shot by the people delivering the food. Delivering food, yes. Do you believe that Biden has the power to stop this? As many um, lefties are saying, I they're mad not, at him I do because not believe he does. Do you think yeah, I he should? I don't know that uh, any president would have the power over Netanyahu to determine what's next. It's an aid and money thing, we could say. Um, you know, we're stopping all aid. And Hell, the, Israel's probably richer than we are. Yeah. Nice weather weekend in store for us, but not for other areas. The uh, powerful Pacific storm that's brewing up is expected to bring 10 feet of snow into the Sierra Nevada mountains by the weekend, forcing residents to take shelter, prompting Yosemite National Park and at least two Lake Tahoe ski resorts to close. The storm began barreling into the region yesterday with the biggest effects expected to close major highways and trigger power outages into Saturday. Boy, is Lake Tahoe going to be plump this summer. Yeah. Mm. Lake Tahoe doesn't freeze. Why? Too warm. It's too big. Too deep. Too, uh... Yeah. He's a beauty. Beautiful lake. You got to listen to the elements. Just beautiful. Yep. I have a confession. Until I was about 15, I used to say Yosemite. Did you? Oh, yeah. Yosemite. Wisconsin politics uh, <laughs> taking a bit of a weird turn. A shirtless candidate for U.S. Senate broke through the ice of a Madison Lake Thursday. He wants to get rid of any notion that he's now a soft Californian and not a hardy Wisconsinite. Eric Holby <sighs> then challenged... <laughs> Eric Hovde then challenged his opponent, U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin, to take the same plunge. The multimillionaire Republican Hovde is trying to combat attacks from Baldwin and Democrats that he's more Golden State than Dairy State. Hovde was born and raised in Wisconsin, but he owns a $7 million estate in Laguna Beach, California, and is the CEO of California-based H Bank Corp. and its primary subsidiary, a subsidiary, SunWest Bank. He posted the video on X showing him pressing through what he says is about a half-inch layer of ice on Lake Mendota, outside of a home he owns there. Hovde says before he turns the camera to his shirtless torso, it was hard to break through, but it's good to get out here for a good cold plunge. So the Dems and Senator Baldwin keep saying, I'm not from Wisconsin, which is a joke. All right, Senator Baldwin, why don't you get out here in this frozen lake? The Democratic Party had no comment. 
Thousands of people crowded a neighborhood in Moscow's outskirts today, some bearing flowers and chanting no to war as they tried to catch a glimpse of the funeral for Alexei Navalny. Service took place under tight monitoring from Russian authorities. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Tucker Carlson, well, he better be careful around steps and open windows for a while. He bashed President Vladimir Putin's justification Ooh. for invading Ukraine, claiming that the denazification of the country was one of the dumbest things he had ever heard. What Would you say that if you were Tucker? I think I'd just be quiet. Right. Speaking with host Lex Fridman in a podcast episode released Tuesday, Carlson talked about the interview with Putin released earlier this month. The former Fox News star faced mounds of backlash for meeting with the Kremlin leader. Putin and Carlson's interview touched on a long list of topics from a long-winded Russian history lesson to Putin's thoughts on the next U.S. presidential election. Fridman specifically asked Carlson for his opinion on Putin's justification for the war in Ukraine, which in part is to achieve, he said, the denazification of the country. Well, Carlson told Fridman, I thought it was one of the dumbest things I've heard in my life. I didn't understand what he meant. John, you said earlier this month, that interview, you met in February. February, see, yeah. See, I been Leap Day has us all flummoxed. Because it's like March 1st. No, it's March. It's March we don't even 1st. know it's March, but it's March now. I have to okay. turn my watch so, back. Um, forward or something. I guess. Yeah. Considering what we said earlier in the show about stepping up and saying something when something needs to be said, did Tucker do the GL thing, or did he? You know what I'm saying? I don't know what he's. I don't to. know what you mean. Yeah. Well, John, you recommended he just for his own safety that he be quiet, which is kind of what I've been saying. And when you, you know, meet a bad guy in South Minneapolis or St. Paul, I gotcha. Okay. You know? Yeah. So with that in mind, did Tucker do the right thing or the wrong thing? I don't know. I agree with you. I wouldn't have said it, but. I don't care. How's that? Okay. (laughs) Noted. Joe, 106%. Joe has. I have no opinion. Checked out. John, thank you. Okay. Thank you, John. And just kind of goes what we're talking about here. Far too often we are reminded of the shocking decline in moral and ethical integrity. Well, Minnesota Masonic Charities and the Masons of Minnesota, they're going to try to do something about that. On March 30th, this is the Saturday before Easter, they're going to be testing out a program they're developing called Civility School. The program will be from 10 to noon at the Masonic Heritage Center in South Bloomington, followed by a good lunch, of course. Masons love a good meal. Masonry has been described as a system of morality veiled in allegory illustrated by signs and symbols. Civility school is a system of civility veiled in allegory illustrated by YouTube videos and conversation. Believe it or not, as much as social media has become the source of many of society's challenges, it all can provide some powerful solutions to those challenges. By meeting young people where they live, which is obviously on social media, civility school hopes to demonstrate to interested young people that civility is cool. And boy, do we really need that today. Over the next few weeks, we'll be sharing more about Civility School and details about how garage logicians might just want to lend their insights to the program. Stay tuned. mnmasoniccharities.org. I'll say... Are you back in the frigid north? I arrived back, well, the 28th, two days ago we arrived back, and uh, we had 
30 seconds of fun on the return home, though. I haven't bounced around like that for a half a minute <laughs> in a long time. Yeah. That wakes you up. You always wonder, how are these things going to keep flying here? But it was it, it didn't last long. They were they were looking for, uh, they had to go through bad air to get the better air. Oh, you're talking about your flight. Yes, yes. Got my it. Flight. Oh, my flight. Were, were you buckled in? Yes, I, I I always keep my seatbelt buckled while I'm flying damn near all the time. You yeah. never wear it in a car. <laughs> well, I want to tell you about that. I, I do. I have to do. Do I have a radio uh, a car ad later this show here? Uh, no, you don't, Patrick. That's for Monday oh, Night tomorrow. Sports Talk. I'll tell you about that. Uh, all right. Anyway, all right. I had a vehicle that wouldn't leave me alone. A new vehicle. They oh, yeah. Leave me alone. They want you to do everything just proper. I never was so happy to get back in my 2019 car that'll leave you alone. They don't right. bother you. Right. You know? <laughs> Little dig. Once in a while, about every 10 minutes, I go, ding, ding, that'll be it. Yeah. You know, it's not... It's not everything that you do wrong is uh, is not... Uh, I got a, know, I, I have a Caitlin Clark question. Uh, I am ready. Well, the first, uh, first, the observation, I watched about 15 minutes of it the other night, and I thought, this is pointless. I, I get it. You're a great kid. And I moved on to something else because she was scoring at will. The yeah. question I have is that she has announced now she's foregoing her final year of eligibility. Yes. Now, is that's because is some WNBA team going to make her a multimillionaire? Because no, otherwise no. she's going to lose salary. She's going to lose money. Well... But here's the deal. Like, State Farm will still do the ads, right? Yeah. I mean, that, it, it, all her national stuff will continue. She might lose high V because that's an Iowa thing, you know. But yeah. maybe not. But, yeah, I mean, it, uh, she won't lose much money. But the, you know, the the I think the biggest salary in the, in the WNBA is a half a million or something. No, like the that. biggest salary in the WNBA is 250 Two fifty, yeah. yeah. So she'll she won't get more than two fifty, but they'll, you know, she'll she'll still have all her sponsors and stuff. But those of us who announced when uh, Coach Reeve was zero and six that she should tank, 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 mm-hmm. and try to win the lottery to get Caitlin Clark are looking smart now that she says she's going to the WNBA, but we don't have one of the draft picks to get her with. So. Well, didn't you discover Caitlin Clark? Caitlin Clark? I looked it up. Yep. February 6, 2002. I happened across... 2002? 2022. 22. I happened, I happened across a... Well, it was two, It was her sophomore year, so it was 2000, yeah, 2022. Two years ago. Yeah. And on February 6, they're playing at Michigan. They're getting beat. And she scores 46, and about the last 18 were on these 32-footers, right? Yeah, yeah. Throwing in these things from God knows where. And I'm saying, who the hell is this? Yep. What's going on? And I got in the car, and I drove to Des Moines. Yep. Or high school, and then I drove to Iowa City. 750-mile round trip to uh, find out uh, who she was. Yeah, you discovered it. Patrick, that would have been one hell of a scoop 
if you covered the birth of Caitlin Clark in 2002. Yeah. Yes. Is yes. that when she was born? Yes. That would have been even better. I've, <laughs> Patrick, better. I've noticed that you've reminded us of that about every day for the last six months that you, in fact, yes, discovered I, every this. Time she, every time she's in the headlines, I do remind her of that. <laughs> and in fact, she's here Wednesday, you know, again to the Big Ten tournament. Yep. I believe. That could be an entire column coming up. Can't how about how you that. discovered her, Patrick? Rotting myself. Do you uh, do you call Don Shelby at home and alert him every time that you <laughs> discovered her, or is that yes? Because of course he tried to get me fired in two thousand uh, no nineteen ninety one was it March second nineteen ninety one? That was a long time ago. Yeah, and we're a long ways away from tiptoed ball throwing. But we really are. We really are. This is uh, this is pretty good stuff. The Vikings uh, the Vikings let go Alexander Madison. I thought he was I thought he was pretty good. He was. Oh, if you're a running back, Joe, your job is could be over in a minute. All hmm. of a sudden, they have no value. They they signed this guy to a seven million dollar contract, which was cheap last year for two years. And pretty much told everybody it was guaranteed. Well, it wasn't. They're oh. saving three and a half million. So uh, uh, the poor guy. Running, they've just raised the salary cap thirty million dollars too, but they're not going to give any of it to him. They, you know, this guy you're talking about with Kansas City, Pacheco. You know, you, yeah, that kid that runs in there. Yeah, they're going to wear him out in two years and right. throw him to the curb, and they'll, yeah. they'll find somebody else. The running backs have just become. Use them up and get rid of them uh, deal. I don't know why it is. I guess they they feel that uh, a, a really good one and just a good one, there isn't that much difference in what the, the production they get. I don't know. What Pat, our wild, uh, I, I don't one. think they're going to make it now. I just don't see it. They're Coach eight points Hines, out of a playoff spot. Reading Coach Hines' quotes after the game, he did not appear happy with the he was not. that his boys no. put forth. It was... Uh, it was not good, and uh, uh, of course, Heinze, Nashville. He he came in originally at Nashville, gave them a big lift, and then got fired a year later or something because that's what happens in the NHL. But that was that was kind of where he built his reputation. You know what I think about the Timberwolves? Not that I'm an NBA. Well, I am an NBA expert. You are. Yeah. Uh, what I think about the Timberwolves is that they're really. Uh, they're they have a great vibe. They like this winning thing. They think they can do it now. They're a different team. The chemistry's different. They they feel good about themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, but they they have now gotten to the NBA standard where if you're playing a bad team, you screw off screw off for three quarters and know you're going to beat them anyway, which is yeah. what happened the other night. But Edwards is a did you see the latest thing that Edwards is doing that is driving his coach crazy? I have he not. He's trying to to have a little fun when the game's out of the hand or when it's not even out of hand. He's trying to bank in his three-pointers. <laughs> he's, trying, he's trying to make a three-point bank shot, I guess. And, and Coach Finch does not approve, mm-hmm. I guess. He's uh, there's something going on in that brain that's uh, not, not. You want to be a basketball coach, you say. He's a character. <laughs> oh, I no, mean, God. uncontrollable character. Yes, yeah, he's uh, you know, and of course the big scandal was 
he uh, he gave, gave, wrote a check out for a hundred thousand dollars to one of his girlfriends to get an abortion. That be that we were supposed to be offended. I want to know: did she take the money or not? Mm-hmm. Nobody ever told us. Did you know what else? Along those lines, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill was playing in the backyard. With a big girl. She was a, a plus-size girl and apparently broke her leg or something pretending they were running football plays. Yeah. <laughs> is, she, is she suing him now? I guess so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Fellas, the word is thick. She's a okay. thick girl. Yeah. yeah. Thick. yeah. A good-looking gal, don't get me wrong, but she I'm surprised she let him uh, get, I, I'm surprised she got hurt. Hey. I can, on, that, on that note, I can give you some advice. If yep. you're an occasional guest on the Lori and Julia show, yeah, <laughs> and mention that some comedian was funnier than she was fat, your career is over. Your oh, yeah. time is done. Yeah, yes, you're done there. Well, especially remind me when, never to go on there then. <laughs> especially when you mention it, mention the person's name specifically. Which, uh, which I, I'm not making this up. She's a she's a plus size influencer. Right. She's a big girl. <laughs> Right, really? big yeah. Instagram presence. She's one of Kenny's gals. Yeah. One of Kenny's uh, girls. And well, she... and what the tip off was though, Pat, was she had posed in a photo, all kind of you know done up yeah. with the crutches, and there was a, a player that'll go nameless that said, "B word, be posed with crutches." What? <laughs> What's her name? I don't remember. I don't know, but it, she's very attractive. But well, it, well, who's was, the who's uh, the football well, player? Tyreek Tyreek Hill. Hill. Skinny guy, little wide receiver. He's a little teeny person, and this big gal, you know, he must attack. But he is he is following in Adrian Peterson's footsteps, where he likes to have those summer kids. Some are here, some are there, some are. Oh yeah, he's got he's got a few. Yep. Okay. Well, wasn't that our wasn't that our favorite? uh, Ant- Antonio Cromartie hard knocks where he was listing off all of his kids' names and kind of stopped after about six or seven because he couldn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. He supposedly had um, nine, but some of them they just gave the same names depending on what the mother was. So. Fellas, I need to make a correction here. She's not a big girl. She's uh, what I would call perfect. Okay. She's... <laughs> She is a, a but plus size. Are they size. an item or were they just playing football? I think she just wanted to play football. Yeah. Hot damn. Yeah. <laughs> We've lost Kenny. Kenny's yeah. now gone. Right. Hey, Pat, you had to be a fan of Richard Lewis, huh? Yeah, he had, my, he had the right kind of sarcastic, self-deprecating humor that right. the person liked. Yeah, he was. Uh, and, of course, he had the comeback on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. With, right. Uh, his buddy uh, Larry David took pretty good care of him there, putting him on there. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought he was he was he was he was good. Yeah. I think he was in, he was on the uh, he was with Seinfeld too, didn't he? Do a Seinfeld driving driving in the car thing? Probably, probably he did. Yeah, he was a frequent guest of David Letterman's too. Yeah, are you going to the Timberwolves game tonight? No, I am not. I am going. Uh, I am going to watch a f- uh, fifteen and under hockey game right now. In the it's playoff time. Yep. If the girls lose today, they uh, they they're in trouble then to, to try to make the state tournament. How about the uh, Chan Hassens edging Minnetonka to get in the tournament? Wow. 
Yeah. How good did Minnetonka have to be to be unbeaten in that with a competition they play? Yeah. And then you know what happens when you run into a hot goalie? Though? I know. You can beat the Russians if you have a hot That's goalie. Right. Yes, you can. Yeah. You can. So hey, speaking of Herbie Brooks, tomorrow at the Gopher game they are celebrating the nineteen seventy four champs, Herbie's first champs, and the Gophers first champs. Uh, and uh, they got 13 of the guys coming back today wow. after 19 to dress. And, uh, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. 1974 Gopher team. Prior to 1974, the Gophers had not won a national hockey championship? No, they had not. Now, wow. you must remember, the NCAA hockey tournament didn't start until 1947-48. So it well, wasn't still, like, that's 15, yeah. 16, 17 years. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How many guys, actually, Pat? Did you actually, say 12? Actually, it's 26, Joe. Well, I was, I was up there. It was a few years. Yeah. <laughs> did you see I had you in the lead the other day? No. What did I miss? I wrote about the 50. This is my 50th year in spring training, and even my radio partner, Joe Sutere, could figure out that's 1974. <laughs> but as it turns out, you couldn't have. No, I couldn't. I couldn't have. <laughs> For Joe, it's just you want to get it into the circle of friendship. Uh, <laughs> just close. I'll talk to you Monday in person, All I bet. All right, we'll have a hell of a time. All right. <laughs> Here's the pitch. Boop, Stop Larry. doing that. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Here's the pitch. Boof. Not a garage logic town council member. Here's what you're missing. Council members, we have the ultimate practical joke to play on your, your significant other, your buddy, your brother, your friend, whatever. Go to the store, the music store, buy a cheap harmonica, and then get some zip ties and zip tie that harmonica on the undercarriage of the person's vehicle. Oh, sweet wow. Jesus. Yeah. You got to make sure the mouthpiece part is facing forward <laughs> and you get up to speed and that thing starts singing and it will drive them crazy. You should have done this to Joe. I know. I sent it to him. I was so excited that I sent it to Suits right away and then I'm going, oh damn it, I should have sent it to Paul. (laughs) Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. No. We do not. That's not what I want. Where's Ray of Hope? Oh. His Ray is His Ray of Hope. Singing Ray of Hope. Uh, don't use my name. After a rough week, I think everyone could use a Ray of Hope. I know a young man who will graduate from college next year. Upon graduation, he will take the peace officer licensing exam to become an officer. He has worked towards this goal since the fifth grade. He has worked full time while going to both high school and college. Last summer, he had three jobs and some weeks put in 80 hours. Nice. College breaks are an opportunity to work. One day I asked him why, especially in these times. He responded with, if not me, then who? 
90% of the people want my help when I show up. FYI, he will graduate with little to no debt because of his hard work. Contrast that to this email. Okay. Is it a long one? You'll be all right. Uh, Aaron writes, I've been in Florida now for almost six years, and I can say overall the behavior of everyday people, including youth, has been much more pleasant and polite than the majority of people I encountered in the Twin Cities. But today I had an encounter with some middle school children that left me feeling a little down that the way of the future has started to trickle into Florida Panhandle. I'm a semi-truck delivery driver and had a four-pallet delivery of new computers to a middle school. I had to bring them from the truck through the school and into the library via pallet jack through the halls. At first, things were going well, as it usually did here. Kids, were, kids would offer to hold the doors, say hi, and so on. I had an older man with me guiding me where to go and warning kids in the halls to move over so we could get through. I didn't know his role, but I got a strong sense he might have been a sports coach. At one point, we got to a stretch of hall that had some old chairs and tables stacked up on one side. Coming the other way was a pack of young girls. I don't know what they were talking about, but all I could pick out was the N-word, loudly and often within the pack. My escort said several times, girls, please move over, we need to get through. After about the fifth time, they moved over just barely enough to allow us to squeak by. As I'm hugging the pallet as tight to the sides as I could to not run these girls over, I caught the pallet on the leg of a table just enough to get a little chirp from it as it slid an inch or two. Immediately from the pack, I hear loudly, Nice going, dumb blank. Just break the table, why don't you? And the pack all had their giggles, and again I made out the N-word several times as they filtered into a room a few steps down the hall. Stunned, I stopped and looked up from what I was doing, looked over at my escort, and he seemed to be looking at me to see what I was going to do. Ultimately, I just pretended I didn't hear them and pressed on, and my escort just gave me a look of relief and a shake of his head as if to say, man, you have no idea. I figured it was just better to let it go because I didn't want to become the next Florida man headline. I could almost see it now. 50-year-old white Florida man engages in brawl with several black teen girls in a middle school. Sadly, these kids learn their behavior from somewhere. Worse yet, when they grow up, enter the public, vote, have jobs, and have children of their own someday. Now picture riding that slide over several years. We are doomed. Venting here in the Florida pack plant. Florida panhandle trucker. What I would even add to that is, uh, yes, they will grow up and enter the public and vote. I doubt if they'll have jobs. Yeah, I doubt if they'll vote. I, I doubt if they'll vote or have jobs. They, they, 50 years, 50 years ago, no. Don't do math. National championship. On October 19, 1930, the Minneapolis Sunday Tribune had a headline that said, is the planet Mars really ruled by a race of beavers? <laughs> huh? <laughs> right there. Right there. Okay. And on the same page, they had uh, how how butter was discovered <clears throat> and making rain with chemicals and a savage plant that devours flesh. The old uh, Sunday Tribune was almost a... 
tabloid-esque, wasn't it? Huh, wow. this, was their, this was their section called Latest Facts from Science, Mechanics, and Invention. And, and I printed it off, and it printed well uh, regarding margins, but the print is too small for me to read uh. why someone contends that the planet Mars was really being ruled by a race of beavers. It was a reprint from a 1930 issue of Popular Science oh. where Thomas Elway was proposing um, some pretty insane things about life on Mars and that um, crabs lived on the moon and all sorts of fun well, stuff. Well, wasn't he a fun fellow? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I got from the Department of Natural Resources via Kenny a news release. Rainfall Monitoring Network seeks volunteers. Yep. Well, this is me. That's right up this your is, alley. This is me. This is yep. The Minnesota State Climatology Office is seeking rainfall monitors for the Community Collaborative Rain, Hail, and Snow Network. The network includes more than 20,000 volunteers nationwide who measure precipitation using in their yards using a standard 4-inch diameter rain gauge. Participants submit their precipitation reports online. The data from backyard rain gauges are a critical source of information, and it's beneficial to add more volunteer weather observers each year. I, do you get a badge, I wonder? Or, you know, <laughs> a, a clipboard? Uh, right, do go. you get some, uh, like a shirt or something? I wonder if there's a quarterly. Oh, I for the past, see, uh, I have to do this. We're hoping Minnesotans will again come through in 2024. John, I wanted to become a member of the Wasika Horse Thieves, but I can't find anything. I couldn't either. Remember, they had a page at one point, but the page no longer exists. Yeah. So I'm not sure what, uh, what is going on. Come on, somebody in Wasika, Get me not enrolled to, in that thing. Not to fall into your geek trap, but <laughs> from what I'm seeing already, with all the open water everywhere, I'm predicting a lot of very, very early ice outs this year. I mean, it's going to be 70 this Sunday. I was sent one from Deb and Terry, but it wouldn't open. They, they sent me an attachment that wouldn't open. I think they were intending to claim a lake opening somewhere. So, but and, when you talk ice outs, you're talking shore to shore. No ice at all, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to be able to roll from shore to shore. And it's worth right. reminding all of you GLers, please let Joe know about your ice out. Doesn't matter if it's <laughs> no, a pond. I only do Minnetonka and White Bear. Oh, okay. Only because um, you know, uh, uh, Renewal by Anderson brings you only mm -hmm. because, only because Is that what we call it only because only because they come to us all the way from their temporary headquarters in Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. From the traveling Lymans. It was on this day. March 1. On this day in 1856, the territorial legislature incorporated the St. Peter Company, which was authorized to engage in milling and water power work and to develop real estate. The company's stockholders hoped to move the state capital to St. Peter, but their efforts were thwarted by Joseph Roulette. See February 27. James J. Hill purchased the company's charter in 1901, hoping that its real estate powers would prove useful to the Great Northern Railway. On this day, 3-1, in 1856, the same year, Minnesota was approved for a town government by the territorial legislator. legislature. It became a city 10 years I'm sorry. <laughs> Minneapolis was approved for a town government. Hey! It became a city 10 years <laughs> later. 
The legislature also, you, you try to do these every day, all nope. right? <laughs> the, legis- the legislature also formed three counties, Lake County, named for Lake Superior, McLeod County, named for Martin McLeod, a fur trader and legislator, and Pine County, named for the extensive pine forests of the region, or perhaps for the Pine River and Pine Lakes. On this day, March 1st, in 1881, the first state capitol building burned. 300 people escaped safely, but the building, including the law library, was a total loss. Luckily, most of the Minnesota Historical Society's artifacts were rescued from the basement. A second capitol was built on the same site, a square block bounded by Wabasha, Cedar, Exchange, and 10th Streets, but that was later replaced by the structure we know now, designed by Cass Gilbert. And all these years later, we've got a brand new building coming. No, a state office building. That's right. On this day, uh, March 1st, in 1899, the theory of the leisure class an economic study of institutions authored by Thorstein Veblen was published. A graduate of Carleton College, Veblen earned recognition as a, as a dynamic economist and social theorist, and his book remained influential in the 21st century. On this day... March 1. We were busy on March 1st. Apparently. I thought McLeod County was after that uh, deputy sheriff down in New Mexico. No. Patrick Desjardins was born on the Red Lake Reservation. As an artist, he painted colorful, stylized images of traditional Ojibwe life. And finally... Because he had a TV show after him. Matt. Finally... I got it. It's not working. It just didn't didn't work work out, Matt. Finally, on this day... Are you talking about March 1st? In 1994, Runaway Train by Soul Asylum... Oh, what a great tune. ...won the Grammy... For best rock song. Come on. Mm-hmm. Call you up in the middle of the night. That song uh, written and performed for people like Reavers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't terribly complex. No, Runaway or train or never good. coming oh, back. I it does come back, right? Wrong way. Well, I thought it was a good song. On a one way yeah. track. Yeah, it was a wrong song. way on a one way track. What did I say? I think so. Okay. Runaway Train One by the way. Minneapolis band Solacide. What if 30 years ago? That's That makes me feel old. Isn't that sound yeah. like? Is Dave still going out and trying to call it Soul Asylum when he's yes. the only original member? Yes. They're actually right now on a cruise. Wow. <laughs> doing doing wow. A, a rock cruise. The only reason I know that is uh, Noah Levy is playing drums with him, and I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he posted that uh, they were out there on the cruise. That'd be pretty fun, huh? Yeah. Oh, God. A lot of those music cruises look fun as hell. Get Ugh. the flu about day two. Yeah, I knew, oh, I knew it was going to be. Sound like meat for a month. A diarrhea cruise is what yeah. that is. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm get gonna, the food poisoning on day three. Uh, I'm going to be on the diarrhea cruise next week. In Croatia. No, uh, you are. You're no. having your procedure. Yeah, yeah. You have a, There's a lot of prep work for that. Yeah. But that's, that's including the worst part of it. Fun size Snickers. Yeah, right. You better that's enjoy that fun size Snicker while you can. Right if yeah. you would like full video and full show audio, including before, during, and after the show with the entire Garage Logic crew, then those are just a few of the great perks of a town council membership. 
You'll even get your own official member card and a certificate from the mayor himself, along with invites to exclusive events. Learn more about the town council and become a member of what at garagelogic.com. Member of what? Are you a member? Of what? That's right. (laughs) 